G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz with episode 169 of the Outback Mine podcast. Appreciate you joining in with me once again. Now, uh, it's probably every young man's dream to play professional sport, uh, to be able to, you know, do something you love doing and to be able to do it sort of uh, fearlessly, I guess, primarily, you know, it's, it's awesome to play sport uh, at the end of the day. It, it keeps us uh, uh, motivated, driven, uh, keeps us physically fit, also mentally fit uh, as well. And, um, you know, uh, unfortunately, it can be sort of pushed into a profession and, uh, and you know, a lot of us actually um, don't have the ability, the ability to be able to play professionally, but, uh, you know, the guys that do, uh, that's how they make their living. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, today's guest, Patrick Bynes, um, was a brilliantly talented young fella, uh, played basketball for Australia in the 17s, toured the world, before getting an opportunity to be a professional footballer with the West Coast Eagles. Um, he was drafted there as a Category, category B uh, rookie and... Um, uh, basically, as, as most people listening to this would know, um, AFL now looks outside uh, traditional football to try and uh, bring in talent. Um, Patrick obviously was a talented basketballer, good leap, uh, nice height, all that type of stuff, and they probably thought, well, yeah, I can turn, we can turn this young guy into a footballer. And um, uh, Sadly for Patrick, he was injured playing uh, again uh, uh, a couple of years ago and uh, was unable to... Um, to function as a human, uh, basically it, it gave him some significant um, pain in the back uh, and into his neck. He was kicked in the neck, I believe, um, and just by while he was actually trying to, to smother someone. And um, from there on in, he's had 20 operations, um, really struggled, uh, hit rock bottom where he was taking morphine to, um, to cover up the pain because basically none of the... The pharmaceutical uh, interventions were helping him, and um, he's slowly starting to recover now. Um, but more importantly, he's really moving on with his life, and he's studying and doing other things. So we're going to sort of talk about his mental health, uh, how that that's affected him, and how he's sort of remained positive through this. Because there was a, t- a time where he actually looked at taking his life and, and contacted people around how he could possibly do that, uh, which is really sad. So. Uh, we're going to have a bit of a deep dive into that. He's only 22 now, so only a young fella and, um, you know, quite mature. So, um, yeah, really um, appreciate Pat coming on and, uh, and sharing, uh, you know, what he's been through at such a young age. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy this chat. Uh, just want to make a special mention to The Real Shift who support the podcast. So if you do have something that you want to change in your life, if you've got something that's blocking you and you're not really reaching your potential, they have a nine-week program called The Deep Dive, which takes you on a journey over nine weeks on uh, basically removing those blockages and, and helping you sort of shift through um, some of the challenges that you face so you can start to grow and prosper as a person. Now, Mick and Amy Sooth are very good uh, at this and uh, helping both male and female, um, people that, uh, that want to try and improve their lives. So really encourage you to uh, <coughs> jump onto their website and check them out. It's therealshift.com. And if you do, uh, basically go forward slash deep dive, you can see a bit about the program. So realshift.com forward slash deep dive and check out what they do. So um, 
yeah, I hope you can support them because uh, that investment in yourself will uh, pay uh, significantly if you want to uh, try and move forward with your life and uh, make some uh, positive change, not just for yourself, but for everyone around you. So please check them out. All right, I hope you would appreciate this uh, chat with uh, Pat and I. appreciate your feedback too if you'd like to let me know uh, your thoughts at uh, support at outbackmind.com.au. G'day, Pat. Hi, Aaron. How you going? Good, mate. I uh, really appreciate you joining me here. And uh, you tell me you're down in Melbourne at the moment uh, that had the sun out today, which is uh, which is pretty nice for this time of year. And um, yeah, mate, uh, I'm up in Queensland with a jumper on, so uh, it's certainly a bit cold up here at the moment. But that's the way it is. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's pretty rare for Melbourne to get a bit of sun this time of year, but we'll we'll enjoy it while while we can. Start to get it a bit chilly in the morning, but. Um, yeah, it's always always good when the sun's out in Melbourne. That's for sure. That's it, mate. So you're a, you're a Melbourne boy, born and bred. Yeah, Melbourne boy. Grew up in um in Elwood, and yeah, pretty much been around here my whole life. I went to Elswick Primary and Caulfield Grammar for secondary school, and mm-hmm. um yeah, before I moved over to WA, like this was, this was home for me. So I loved it, and still live here ever since. Mm, amazing, mate. So so just fast tracking things a little bit there. You're obviously pretty talented as a sportsman. Basketball was the first thing for you that sort of come along? Yeah, I was a basketballer growing up, really. I, I played footy uh, too, but got to that tricky stage with school where you had to pick one or the other. And footy for me um, was always something that I thought I could come back to, but I was pretty keen to pursue basketball with my dad's background with the NBL and um, growing up with the North Melbourne Giants. So... Mm. I chose basketball in the end and I uh, was pretty lucky with it. Had some great coaches along the way, um, all the way through my basketball career from state teams. Uh, progressed through to the Australian team and was lucky enough to go represent the country um, over in Spain for the World Championships. And I uh, had a great journey with that. And yeah, from there, sort of came back and was a bit, a bit burnt out. But uh, yeah, that's where I sort of picked up footy from. But I was a basketballer um, and my heart, I loved it. All the way. Mm. So your dad was, I didn't realise your dad was a, a talented basketballer as well. Yeah, dad uh, was, a, was a big basketballer, coached, uh, played and then also coached um, North Melbourne Giants, which were an NBL team back then. Mm. And um, yeah, Melbourne Tigers, obviously, with a rich history with Warwick Gibby and Andrew Gaze and yes. Chris Anstey and all of them. So um, yeah, sort of ran, ran in the family, really. Mm. Amazing, mate. So yeah, you are... Uh, quite tall your dad was quite tall is your mum the same or yeah mum and dad are both pretty tall i'm about uh six six so just just a tick under 200 centimeters um it was a bit funny though once you there's a bit of a difference in basketball i'm I'm actually quite small um for a lot of everyone sort of watches the nba they're they're big boys running out there but in footy i'm a i play as a tall so Mm. the bit of a different game but um yeah basketball i was sort of played as a shooting guard but in small forward but um yeah it was yeah it's a bit different over there mm, did you have aspirations when you're a young fella to sort of go to the nba uh, i did i mean like to make it to the world championships and to get selected for that was was amazing and to have you know duke and kansas and all these amazing colleges sitting on the side watching you was absolutely incredible and you would never think that and that's where they recruit from and mm. I had some great offers on the table but to be honest like I sort of wanted to stay in Australia I, I didn't want to do like the college lifestyle um, I didn't think it was for me uh, I had a lot of friends go over there but you know like it's a, it's a big move to 
leave the country and to be across to the other side of the world. And um, yeah, for me, I was just pretty pretty keen to, to stay around in Australia, really. Mm, amazing, mate. It's good to hear. It's funny why you're saying that. Uh, a mate of mine uh, did that. He was over there for three years and I did my yoga teacher training with him. He, he quit basketball and then become a yoga teacher. So <laughs> sort of... Yeah, uh, right. Uh, burning yeah. out, burning out. Uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, pressure on him and, uh, you know, certainly uh, a lot of work, obviously. So he got really tired of it all uh, and it sort of uh, disconnected him from basketball in its essence, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's amazing to see so many Australians over there, like all over the States and over in Europe, uh, going to do their dreams but it, you're right it comes with a lot of pressure and especially leaving your family and your loved ones behind to go chase that dream like a lot of, a lot of people struggle and mm. it's not for everyone yeah that's true mate. well good on you for being brave enough to, uh, to sort of recognise it at, uh, at that age and you know realise that it probably wasn't for you so um, you know who knows what could have happened if you did do that but you know there's probably a fair chance that you you might not have succeeded and um, you know certainly life could, could have been totally different but it's uh, it's very brave for a young fellow to be able to recognize that it wasn't going to be uh, you know fulfilling for you and obviously having a strong family around you you know that's that's really important and hard to break away from yeah absolutely I mean just had to be sort of realistic about what I wanted to do and uh, I thought yeah could have could have made it to college but could have had maybe a Europe uh, like career in Europe or like the NBA, but I think the NBA was a bit of a stretch, and that was my sort of main goal growing up was to make that NBA. But uh, it's a small, it's a very top of the pyramid to to get there, and you know you sort of find out a lot of it about yourself at that top level and and who you're playing on. So yeah. um, I loved it every minute of it, and yeah, I'm, I'm sort of I wouldn't change anything for sure. Mm, good work, mate. Tell me, um, so when you got back, you started to muck around with the football a little bit did just just sort of getting ahead a bit here with regards to you know you getting an opportunity did they identify you as being a talented footballer or just a talented athlete that they could turn into a footballer um i had sort of a, a lot of football ability uh through my juniors but obviously it's a bit harder to find sort of big like big body athletes i guess that can can run and mm. uh that's sort of what they i think they most footy clubs look at now, especially for Category B rookies, is trying to turn alternate sport athletes into AFL players. Mm. And I had a lot of interest from like a fair few clubs and, and did a lot of tryouts at a lot of different clubs. But yeah, it's, it's interesting sort of what, what they're looking for. I mean, there's just so many examples of players in the AFL now that have come from all different kind of sports and uh, just that, yeah, I guess bring different qualities and yeah that was sort of one of one of the things i had really mm, that's true mate and uh so you, you were pretty determined to sort of give a uh like, like make a career out of football and you were sort of determined to to get in a list uh when you were sort of going through the process here and, and not getting picked up you sort of kept at it yeah i mean i i got sort of told that like i was a bit out of shape at one stage it looked looked good and then i sort of yeah i had an injury and like yeah, to get told that sorry, mate, we're not we're not taking you this round. Uh, it was you know it was a bit of a kick up the bum, but you know you, you need those sort of hits to. I needed that anyway for myself to get some reality into me, and it just made me work harder and sort of went away and just I trained every day, and then eventually like yeah, I got my body right and the opportunity opportunity came round. Mm, good on you for that, mate. That's that's 
really uh, for a young fella against the self-discipline is um, is evident there you know so um, you know good on you for having that sort of mindset to uh, to sort of be determined to keep keep going with it was there any uh, influence like did you have anyone that was an AFL player sort of giving you some guidance and advice or anyone that was a past AFL player maybe sort of giving you some tips on how to possibly go about it yeah I guess like for myself I was always pretty pretty goal determined and to you know be sitting in that room and to have the coaches and recruiting staff come in and be like sorry mate like yeah we're not we're not doing this like we, we said we'd do it but we're not doing it because of these reasons like mm. They've told you and they've shown you on paper what you need to do and the targets you need to hit. So I had a certain amount of skin folds I had to get to and drop down to. I had a, I had a weight target that I had to get into. Uh, like I had to hit times my running and I just went and worked with that. That's sort of what, what drove me and I, I worked every day. And if I wasn't working, I'd be, I'd be doing something else to get my body better, uh, whether it be recovery or uh, just even, even go for a swim, do some... Uh, some some other type of cardio, so I did work really hard. But you know, it was you got it. So for me, anyway, like I got to have that little little downfall to, to bounce back. Mm, incredible, mate. Tell me, um, when you when you did get an opportunity, were you playing with a local club uh, in Melbourne, or were you just sort of uh, still sort of you know pushing down the route of uh, of just your development, uh, sort of without actually you know sort of playing uh, in a, in a team environment. Um, so the rules are for Category B, you're not allowed to actually play an official game. So you're allowed to train, and that's where I was doing. I was training at Caulfield Grammar. I would do all the footy trainings and do some of the local league trainings. But, yeah, it's a tricky one uh, not being able to play because it's hard to, you know, test your skills. And it's also hard to sort of be, be tested by other athletes uh, on, the, on another team by doing that. But I guess that's a gamble that AFL clubs take and also as... Yeah, athletes take as well, but uh, that's yeah, sort of what I was doing. I was really just training and, and joining in on a bunch of unofficial stuff all around Melbourne, pretty much. Mm, unreal, mate. So, so the opportunity come along to go to the Eagles. Did they have conversations with you before you actually went over there, or was it just sort of something that came out of the blue? Yeah, I went over there for a little trial actually, and uh, that was I think it was twenty eighteen, and that was their premiership year so I was lucky enough to be over there when to have all those uh, West Coast greats playing that year that they won and to learn a lot out of it and I, I just loved my time over there I love the I love the boys and you know it was a it's a pretty nice place to, to live the sun was out coming from freezing Melbourne and you know go over there in the middle of winter and It'd be yeah, twenty five and sunny like it was. Mm. Yeah, not a bad lifestyle, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, mate, um, so you went over and had a bit of a, a crack uh, training wise, and then sort of come home. Did they give you any indication they were going to pick you up? Um, we sort of had a few conversations. They had a category B list spot open, and um, they like like last time they said you got to be at this target and this target, and got to show your progress, yeah, progression during training and everything. So. I just went home and with the idea again that if I did work this time and, and change it around from last time that the opportunity would come and before the finals I think it was late November um, I had a contract that had been signed by myself to head there in 2019 mm, Unbelievable mate what was that like for you like pretty challenging like obviously having a strong family and all that to be able to pack up and, and head uh, in a state Yeah it was tough it was it was a big move. I mean, I, 
I had a friend over there who was actually playing Jack Petricelli, who plays the West Coast. So it was good to know one person. But you know, when you when you move and leave everyone behind, you, you're pretty much starting a life from scratch. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's a long way from home, but uh, you, you learn so much. And I guess when you move away, like you don't really have a choice but to you know start a new life. Like you got to make new friends and you got to go out and sort of do your own stuff. Otherwise, yeah, you're gonna. Yeah, it would be it'd be tough to do it, you know, by yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's true, mate. And and did they put you with a host family or something, or did you move straight in with Jack? Um, I lived with a indigenous player when I first moved over called Francis Watson, mm-hmm. and he'd been on the list. He was a category B player as well from uh, the Northern Territory in Belgo, and it was amazing living with him. Like he'd been on the list for about four years there, and uh, he he know he knew the routine of everything so mm. I sort of stuck by him and uh, yeah tagged along with him really and it was it was really they got a, such a strong indigenous culture over there and to learn a lot about that as well was yeah, amazing absolutely mate that, that's true and, and good on you for recognising and, and being uh, I suppose appreciative of that and what that can you know sort of do for uh, us as individuals to be able to learn from the culture you know we, we don't actually have the awareness of the culture that deeply um, uh, you know in, in modern society and, and it's something that's really lost and, and you know obviously being able to have someone uh, under the same roof of you um, that is an original Australian I think um, you know is, is really invaluable it would have been an awesome experience for you. Oh it really was and you know you, you see videos from uh, from their hometown, and if I was ever up there, like of course I'd pop in and, and see him and his family. Like it was, it was honestly incredible, and mm. they're such welcoming people. And you know, it was honestly it really opened my eyes to to a lot of stuff. Mm. Unreal, mate. So, so the footy sort of progressed for you. You started playing a few games in the waffle, did you, or how did it sort of go as far as getting game time? Yeah, I was. I started in the waffle and um, yeah, it was it was pretty positive at the start. Unfortunately, right before round one, I, I split my hernia, mm. so that's pretty much an injury just above your groin and just hurt it in the gym when I was doing a squat and just felt a split. Just felt it was so so painful, but mm. so pretty much got told, yeah, you've, you've split that and uh, go into surgery the next day. So Shit. went on the night the next day and that was twelve weeks uh, recovery from that. So straight away off the bat, round one. Uh, missed that and yes, yeah, straight into the rehab room pretty much. Mm, unreal, mate. So, what was that like? You meant uh, for you mentally? Did you struggle through that period, or were you quite supported uh, and doing things to support yourself? Uh, at the start, I, I definitely did struggle. I was so focused, especially being on a one-year deal. That you know, like the only way you sort of get another deal is if you if you play and show. Um, yeah, show really what, what you can do. And I felt really under pressure. I sort of felt on the back foot. And yeah, I guess I, I had Chance Bateman, who's a Hawthorne legend, as my mentor over there. And he pretty much just, we went away out for lunch, I'll never forget it. And he said that you just got to take it day by day and you're not going to make huge steps in one day. Like you just got to just trust the process and control what you can control was the main thing he told me. And all that other stuff was out of my control and all I could do was go in every day and just focus on getting better, keep working hard and uh, that's, yeah, that's pretty much what I went by. Good on you, mate. That's, that's yeah, very mature for a young fellow to be able to sort of recognise that and uh, I know someone like him there would have been, um, you know, pretty instrumental, I would have thought, and, 
and you got through the 12 weeks and then you started to, to get a game? Yeah, got through that and then I uh, had a couple of games, but did okay, but um, I guess coming back from such a big injury and from an alternate sport, like it was, it was tough. Um, and unfortunately, just yeah, one game just copped a copped a bit of an awkward hit to the neck. Um, it was a it was a really ugly night. Um, I remember it down at Leaderville, it was just bucketing down with the rain. The oval was underwater and cold Friday night. And we we played and yeah, just someone spoiled the ball and uh, clipped my neck on the way through. And at the time, you know, you, you feel it, but you, you just play it out. You just think, oh, it's just a bit of a niggle, but. Yeah, played it out, and um, yeah, the next morning I woke up, and yeah, that's sort of where that's where it all began. That was the f- the first game back, is that right? Uh, I think it was the second one. Second I think off the top of my head. Unreal, yeah. mate. So, so you you that was really the second game of footy that you'd, you'd really ever played because you weren't able to play in Melbourne, and then you're over there, uh, and then you're in this environment. Um, being able to sort of get, uh, you know, a chance to, to sort of show your, your stuff and uh, the second game you're at, the, you cop that. Yeah, exactly. It was it was a bit unlucky. It was, yeah, it was bad timing. But, I mean, yeah, like, it, it was just one of those incidents. Like, you, you know the risks when you go out. And you, mm. you know, you, you don't think it'll ever happen to you, but you do, you, you play for your jumper, you play for the fans, and, you know, you play, you play for your teammates. And... Um, yeah, it was just a bit of bad luck, and, and that happens sometimes. So, which waffle club were you playing for? Uh, when I had my injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was um, that was actually the West Coast Eagles, uh, like seconds team. So that was that was what they were called. Right, I didn't know that. I didn't realise they had a had a, an affiliate team sort of thing like that, or a, a reserves, uh, I suppose. So, oh, there you go. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. That was their first year, actually. The uh, of the yeah, the inaugural yeah waffle team. So um, it was good fun, but yeah, just, just a bit of bad luck, which happens sometimes. Yeah, that's true, mate. So tell me, when that happened, like you, you woke up the next day, sort of with a with a bit of pain. Yeah, just just rolled over in bed and just was really struggling, and I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't really get out of bed to be honest. And we had we had training that day, and I went to training, and it was just like I can't can't move my neck, like I'm, I'm just. I thought it was just one of those sort of neck tingles you get when you sleep awkwardly on your pillow or just fall asleep in a bad position. But mm. so just tried to, yeah, that was sort of, I reckon the last sort of gym session I ever did for, for a long time. And uh, yeah, didn't play a game of footy again after that. Mm, unreal, mate. So what was that sort of uh, June, July 2019? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly then. So, so you you sat the year out with West Coast, and then basically at the end of the season, they said, "Look, you know, your services are no longer required. You had to uh, sort of pack up and move back to to Victoria." Is that what happened? Yeah, I just got told. Uh, it's a tough conversation to to have to sort of hear that you know you, you're not you're not needed anymore, and we're sort of looking in a different direction. But uh, it, yeah, it did fall my way, but. It is what it is, and um, and after that, I, I, you know, your best mates that you, you've been living there with were, yeah, all, all fine and all staying, and it's it's tough to say goodbye. But mm. um, yeah, I was just sort of looking forward to sort of the next year and like getting my body right and sort of proving a point to, to come back and show them that you know, like I, I, I like I can be a valuable asset to a team. Mm. 
So, so throughout that, the, the rest of the season, were you having some significant and serious problems with your neck then and back? Was that sort of being managed? We we operated on during that period. I tried to actually look at making a bit of a comeback to like the VFL or the Waffle as like another team there, and yeah, it was a. I was really looking forward to it, but I just went down a couple of sessions, and you know, I remember just getting the handle off to someone, and someone just give me a front on like small bump and just. I just grab my neck and like, I can't, I can't mm, do it. Like it's mm. just, it's not going to work. And I just sort of knew from that that hit, that exact hit that yeah, that was probably I had to sort of you know have a think, really consider what I wanted to do, mm. um, and if I could sort of keep putting my body through it. So from there, sort of came back to Melbourne, and we went to so many different surgeons, and um, I, I was pretty keen to avoid the surgical path and try uh, a bit more natural approach, but. We ended up, yeah, just trying, trying to discover where the pain was actually coming from, and, and that's sort of where all the operations sort of begun. Mm-hmm. True, mate. So tell me, um, you had a few, you've had a few operations, is that right? Oh, I think I'd be above, yeah, about fifteen or sixteen spinal operations now, mm-hmm. um, and the most serious, yeah, being the spinal fusion of, yeah, where they, they cut. Uh, so C five six six seven was my my neck problem, uh, which is pretty much where your throat is, and they make an incision, put your sleep in a decent sized cut, and yeah, remove your voice box, and then take out a disc and put in a cage and some screws and, and fuse that together, and sort of put everything back together, and um, yeah, so obviously that that surgery sort of knocked me around a bit, and yeah, I was pretty was pretty tender after that, but I just was willing to try anything to sort of. To get out of pain, really. Yeah, mate. So, so this was all happening in sort of 2020, I suppose, a couple of years ago. And um, um, you know, it sounds like you had a real roller coaster of uh, of pain management and so forth. And you had sort of got to the the bottom of the barrel where you were trying to sort of um, self medicate and use morphine and those sorts of things to uh, to just to, to 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 sort of mask the pain or heal the pain temporarily. Temporarily, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I was so so desperate, and um, I guess yeah. When you when you're in that situation, like all you can think about is the pain, and uh, I was doing everything I could to numb it, really. And mm. I look back on it now, and it was only it was only sort of getting rid of that pain for a couple of hours. But the other twenty two hours a day, I was in yeah severe pain every day, not leaving my room, in bed. Uh, I couldn't couldn't do anything. My parents would bring me food to my, my door. I didn't want them to come in because I didn't want them to see me like that. And uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a really tough, tough time for sure. I, I struggled a lot, but yeah, I was, um, it's, it's good to look back on now and yeah, grown a lot since then for sure. So that was 2020 through that period? Yeah, 2020, 2021 was, um, yeah, where pretty much all my surgeries took place from, um, yeah, diffusion to all my nerve burnings. I've had every single nerve burnt off from, yeah, the top of my neck on both sides all the way down um, to try and and stop those pain receptors. But, yeah, nothing nothing really worked, unfortunately. Mate, uh, you're obviously having to deal with that and you're probably having to deal with COVID as well. So having people not able to visit you and, and that type of thing would have been pretty tough as well, I would have thought. Yeah, it, did, it certainly didn't help. I mean, I, I've always been a, 
really active person. Get love getting out of the house and uh, just be, love being outside. Really, like play, was playing sport. That's what I did my whole life. So to go from a full time athlete um, and having structure every day, where you you run by a schedule and you're told to be here uh, at this certain time, to not being able to leave your room, like and see anyone in general was was uh yeah it wasn't easy for sure yeah mate jeez now did you obviously your mental health um like like struggled through that period you sort of had a bit of a um an ideology about ending your life i think you made some calls around how to how to possibly do that um you know uh not so much legally but um but amicably um you know which is a pretty tricky thing to do for a young fella um obviously you were in that much pain you just didn't want to be around anymore by the sounds of it yeah for for me it was just like i said i I was such an active person and like i I wasn't able to get out of bed like at all um and it was just about quality of life like it honestly was and like yeah to have that conversation eventually with my brother and tell him look mate like I, I, I'm so I'm really struggling here like I, I can't do anything like I can't yeah it was so hard to have him hear that broke his heart and all he wanted to do was help but mm. um, yeah, I guess that the, the guidelines around it was yeah you have to prove that you're going to be uh, yeah pass away in two in I think it was two months from now and I told him that the way I was going, like I genuinely was, I was on so much medication and mm. I was running a pretty fine line with, with everything. So mm. um, it, was a, it was a really tough conversation, but I, I, I honestly just couldn't, couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. When was that, mate? Uh, it would have been uh, early 2021, mm. mid, early to mid-2021. About, so. about 12 months ago now, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So mate, what what turned the corner for you? I think I, I had some re- I had a really good support group around me. I had some of my best friends um, that that I spoke to about it. My brother, of course, and um, some some mates that I had from school. And I sort of just told them, and I guess the sacrifice they made to do everything they could. It, it was as simple as coming over and just when I was in pain and just sitting with me and just watching a bit of TV or just 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 talking a, talking a bit of trash really, you know, just to get your mind off everything. But mm. it was as simple as that and, you know, just get out and go for a walk and, and try to... Um, I, I, I was really determined to like drop that medication. Mm. I've always wanted to do that, but mm. it's not as easy as it sounds. And um, I was just so lucky to have to have good people around me that yeah helped help me through that really tough time. Mm. Yeah, mate, absolutely be grateful for that, that's for sure, and, and, you know, being able to help you move through. But what I really like about, you know, what I'm seeing with you is you, you, you've sort of observed that part of your life and you've been able to maybe let go of that, I suppose, and be grateful for the experience, but now you're actually starting to progress more into into fields of study and maybe pursuing something where you can make a difference. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, recently I've been sort of working with, like, uh, a few organisations in putting together uh, some insurance for, for players, not only for the AFL, but for lower tier leagues like uh, battle and, and country footy as well. So mm. if, it, if a freak injury does happen and 
you know, you may not need it until you're, you're 60 or 70 when your body when your body's really struggling. But you know, those those footy injuries that happen and, and those injuries that happen in sport from a young age that you know, like they they impact your whole life. And you might not feel it then, but you may need it later. So I've been doing a bit of that. I've been studying and uh, yeah, with the help of not only my friends and, and family, but but qualified health professionals and having a therapist and a uh, psychologist were just the most most important thing for me for sure mm, amazing mate so you know everything pretty much happens for a reason either good or bad and uh you know you have the ability now to be able to use that lived experience to be able to not only help yourself but also help a lot of other people with regards to you know facilitating change and um potentially you know helping a guy that might be playing now that in 20 or 30 years time he could be could be really struggling physically or mentally you know and, and that that is so common you know we have uh, had plenty of people on this pod, uh, podcast ex players that have um you know that have said there they've, they've really really struggled after their careers physically and mentally and um you know eight out of ten players you know struggle with their identity after they've finished playing you know um what, I, what I'm hearing here with you is you've actually been able to, you know, understand yourself and being able to sort of form an identity that can make a difference. And, you know, to be able to have that now at 21, 22 is, is really valuable, you know, rather than sort of maybe maybe getting a, a 10-year AFL career and then coming out the other side of it and thinking, oh, well, what do I do now, you know? Uh, you've actually got uh, the ability to be able to use... The, 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 the difficult uh, times you've been through to be able to help, you know, as I said, not only yourself, but many others, mate. And it's really, you know, tremendous to hear you say that um, you're sort of, you know, progressing more into this space because, you know, there is a gap and there's, there's a need to be able to sort of support people that are injured in the workplace, uh, you know, primarily. Uh, there is with workers, work, work cover and workers comp, but, you know, for a, for a young fellow like yourself to be able to, um, you know, Go and try and pursue your passion or something you love to do and then be able to sort of move through it with dignity but also, you know, not really let the uh, the um, the lack of financial assistance and support, you know, get you down, I suppose, to be able to sort of move through that is a real credit to you and, um, you know, what, what might possibly come from that financially in the future will be so much greater than what you could have got uh, as a short-term outcome, I suppose, because... Yeah, that, that, that awareness and experience, I think, is really, really key. Yeah, absolutely. I, com- I completely agree. I guess for my thing is I just, I just don't want this to happen to anyone else again. And, mm. um, and yeah, it, if it's going to change, I think it will make it better for, for future players, even in the short term, in, in hopefully in the next year or two, and, and then in the long term for the future. I heard from so many people, honestly, all over the world, I thousands of messages and missed calls NBA players, NFL players, uh, like basketball, Basketball Australia CEO, and like so many people, and uh, just wanting to help me and, and just asking if I'm alright and if there's anything they can do. And you know, the, the world's a yeah, the world's a good place, and uh, there's so many good people out there. And I, I think you're exactly right. Everything happens to a reason. It's, it sounds crazy, but I, I wouldn't change anything. Uh, what I've been through, uh, you learn a lot about yourself and a lot about your friends as well. That's that's one thing I would say. You know, you, you find a lot out a lot about them, and yeah. I'm so grateful for everyone around me that's helped me, and I'm sure I will get around to them all eventually. But yeah, the, the support and everything has been yeah amazing. 
one thing it's really given you is purpose uh, and that that's valuable that's what we all really need as humans you know we've got to have something um, to, to be able to you know strive towards walk to work towards what we're passionate about you know because what you've been through it's coming from your heart and that that is invaluable if you're doing it from your head uh, then it, you know it's it's not going to fulfill you and sustain you but if you're able to to find that that real sense of purpose then then the gifts that come from that are going to be significant you know to, to facilitate change mate and um, you know if we keep doing things the same old way then um, you know the world's going to be a boring place and not not a uh, you know a real supportive place but we're able, if we're able to see you know there is a a need to be able to to make a difference here and, and pursue that fearlessly then i think you know the good that will come will be significant so you know good on you for for what you're doing it was it baffle the the company that you've been doing some work with is that right yeah yeah exactly and like like what you say i think yeah purpose is like i had no purpose like when i was that's that's what i struggled with anyway and, and to find it even if it is like what what people may think is small it, like to me it was huge and that's all i need to get myself back on track so yeah uh, i think that's a yeah really important really important thing for sure mate absolutely and you know just yeah look you know um there's so much potential to be able to self-heal you know i've sort of seen so much evidence of, of people that have uh, not only been physically injured but you know I had some significant psychological trauma and being able to sort of give them time, selves time and, and, and space to be able to heal. The body can do some amazing things, you know, and it sounds like yours was pretty aggravated through 20 operations, but, um, you know, the awareness and that to be able to sort of, you know, manage what you've got um, and be able to work with that, I think would be, um, you know, a tremendous uh, pathway for you rather than sort of trying to know sort of interrupt it through through surgeries and it sounds like you've got that awareness now just to try and you know reduce your medications get off the medications and start to to live more aware and uh, and naturally yeah absolutely that's the thing um it's the first time probably in about oh two and a half years that i've actually been been medication free and Mm. the change is not only my body i feel so good getting up every day and Mm. you know i'd like to simple things like going down having having a coffee with my mum and dad and um catching up for, for breakfast with my brother and, and going for a walk with the mate is just I, I hadn't been able to do that and to just go out and enjoy that stuff again and um yeah has been yeah just a huge change and a really refreshing for me so i think you're exactly right like it took me a long time to heal it took me yeah, about two years and at that time you think someone can just flick a switch and and like get over it but you know like i need that time and everyone does really you're exactly right and mm. everyone's different like there's no time frame on it you got to do what you got to do and yeah, i'm a big believer in that yeah people will come through for sure so uh yeah you're you're, you're spot on yeah thanks mate i um i think the simple things in life uh once you've sort of been through a bit of shit uh you know it becomes much more powerful and relevant i guess you know and I'd love to see you actually start to explore a bit of yoga and meditation and what that can possibly do for you, um, you know, for your awareness and your healing um, uh, in particular, because it sort of, you know, it just gets back to the simplicity of things, you know, at the end of the day, we get so caught up in um, in uh, in all the, the, the stuff that really isn't important, but, you know, it's just the, the, the basic stuff like you're talking about, which is, um, you know, so much, uh, of so much value 
um, you know, and you got close to that sort of being taken away from you. But uh, you know, now being able to sort of come through it and and just appreciate that, I think is is uh, you know much credit to you, mate. That's for sure. Yeah, thanks a lot for that. Yeah, you, you're exactly right. I'm looking at all that stuff now, and, and now that I'm able to, to get out and do that stuff, like it, look, seeking the, the right professionals and people to do that with, and no doubt, like it's only only upwards from here, and I can get myself back and even better than what I was before. I, I can't wait for that. Yeah, awesome, mate. How can people um, like follow you? Do you have Instagram and that sort of stuff? Yeah, Instagram is Patrick Bynes Eleven and. Like I'd say, like, uh, I, if anyone's ever any struggling or anything, like, my, my phone's always on for anyone. And um, I think that's an important thing, you know, like, checking check on your mates. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a real, it can, honestly, one call can, can save, save someone's life because you never know what people are going through in, in their four walls of their home. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you, yeah, you never know how much that people appreciate that. Yeah, awesome, mate. If anyone wants to get a hold of you, they can reach out to me and I can maybe put you in touch. That's no worries. But, um, mate, you know, very grateful for the chat. You're an extremely mature young man and, you know, the best for you is yet to come. Uh, that's for sure. So, you know, keep keep doing what you're doing, learning, growing, developing. You know, the, the, the brain is still developing until 25. So try and look after yourself and, uh, and that between now and then. And, you know, uh, yeah, the best for you is uh, is definitely, um, you know, going to not only help you, but it's going to help a lot of people, mate. So really, uh, really appreciate the chat. Yeah, yeah, please do. My, my phone's always on. And uh, like I said, I'd jump on a plane and meet anyone, no matter who it is, if they're, if they're struggling. So, um, yeah, please remember that. And no, I really, really enjoyed chatting with you. And yeah, like I said, if it helps one person, then that's the biggest thing. And I'm, I'm so happy with that. Yeah, appreciate it, mate.